I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. Thanks, Tom. Uh, can you give me, just for everyone that's watching, your name, your title, and responsibilities? Sure. I'm uh, Tom Bick. I work for Oscar Mayer. I'm the Senior Director of Advertising and Integrated Marketing. And I work on Oscar Mayer Brands and Launchables. And you won an Effie, so congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Say it with bacon. Hopefully the gold, right? Nothing but gold right? on bacon. Right. So tell me, what was the, what was the key motivator or insight or behind that idea? Yeah. So funny enough, um, the original brief to, to my digital agency, uh, was we needed to support our bacon sort of, uh, broadcast idea and we needed to, uh, support it with a product campaign. It was really a, a credentialing campaign. You know, the, the issue we have is that our bacon sells for about a dollar more per pound than our competition. And people are asking, you know, why why a dollar more? Is it worth a uh, dollar more? And what's the uh, substantiation behind that? So the original brief was actually kind of kind of limiting in the sense that we said we want to have a credentialing campaign um, our, for our bacon to, to justify the dollar more. And um, oh, by the way, we only have uh, limited funds. So that was the original brief. The, uh, the insight uh, was that our product, we always looked at our product, um, um, we have what we call the four C's of bacon. Uh, our researchers actually identified that consumers would look at bacon at the store and actually sort of research it, almost as if they're uh, looking at a diamond. And, and, you know, this was sort of a magical moment. We included that in the brief, the four C's of bacon being color, uh, cut, 
consistency and the cure. And um, But we never really did much more with it. So that was in the brief, and 360i, my digital agency, when they saw that, they just took that and ran with it, and they came up with uh, the brilliant idea of uh, uh, Say It With Bacon. What is it? What does it mean to have a partner like that? You know, it sounds like it sounds like they're a good one, and there's a lot of team effort behind a, a good campaign. Yeah, it, it. You know, the main thing as a as a good client, you know, I, I do believe clients get the work they uh, they deserve, and if you um, if you point them in the right direction and then give them breathing room and let them do what they do so well, uh, they will make you look brilliant. You know, all all we did is point them in the right direction, they came up with the ideas, and we were smart enough to kill, not to kill the brilliant idea. Winning in Effie's, it's about marketing effectiveness. How do you define it? What is marketing effectiveness to you? You know, bottom line, marketing effectiveness means we're selling product. But it's so much more, right? Because you can sell product sort of in a pedestrian manner and you can sell it in a brilliant fashion and so for me marketing effectiveness goes beyond ROIs it goes beyond just moving cases at retail I think marketing effectiveness has to be brilliant advertising that engages that defines its space that builds a brand long term while still moving cases so you got to have both it's not an either or sort of discussion to me it's it's about doing it but doing it with a little panache and doing it with uh, some elegance well let's talk about tom all right and uh you've achieved quite a bit of success in your career is there anything that fuels you personally uh, that's a great question. You know, marketing to me is about, it's the only branch or area in the business world where I think it's about the humanity um, qu- quotient. It's about engaging with people. It's about um, pursuing passion. So for me, um, the driving force has always been do something brilliant. We have uh, the ability to to make connections with consumers. It's not about you know. I, I think I'd be lousy at finance or accounting or pick pick the other areas of business. Um, quite frankly, um, it, it's not about cutting you know the deal or negotiating a deal. It's about how do I take something and connect with a human being. So for me. Um, what drives me is I get to wake up every day and think about how am I going to do something that's really interesting enough that I can be welcomed into people's lives and homes. Um, so what's the story we tell? What's the advertising that people want to talk about? Um, you know, if you keep that front and center, that will make you successful. If you start to overthink it and start to worry about just ROI, I think you lose sort of what's engaging. What? Are there brands that you look to or brands that you like that, um, yeah. and, and what is it that you, that you like about them or why, why do you follow You know, them? I, I actually, I'm, I'm concerned in this area. I don't think there's been a lot of great marketing lately. I think uh, the brands, if I think about great brands, um, work that comes to my mind more recently is Dos Equis. I love Dos Equis. I love Old Spice, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But Dos Equis to me is really interesting. I spent 12 years in the beer industry. Um, and so that's a space that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a dearth of great uh, and of, of work, uh, great work in this space. And and to me, what was interesting is uh, the Dos Equis in when they introduced the world's most interesting man, <laughs> um, which is so wonderful. Uh, that year, I think it was about four or five years ago, 
the whole industry was down in sales, declining sales. All the big uh, American brewers were down in sales. And, 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 and if you look at what they were doing, they were sort of pursuing sort of one-dimensional product advertising, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And along comes Dos Equis. And, and, and you could say it's this pure image-based campaign. And I think the year they launched that, it was uh, they were up 7% in sales. So, so not only is it brilliant and fun to watch and something you want to share mm-hmm. um, and creative, mm-hmm. it's highly, highly effective. Mm-hmm. What suggestions as, as it relates to building a good brand would you have for others? Uh, you know, I think... <sighs> The, the pendulum swings, uh, it doesn't have to be an either-or decision. Um, to build a brand, you need to look at the short-term and you need to drive sales, but you need to look at long-term and you need to look at the equity in the brand as well. Now, how do you do that? Um, I think it is about enduring, engaging storytelling. It is about big ideas, not little ideas. It's about... Um, Finding a platform that connects you to the the human condition. What is your real brand purpose long term? So that takes a little soul searching um, and and a clear understanding of what business you're really in. It's it, you know it's not just about a product feature because product features come and go and and you'll have competitive advantages uh, in the short term and you'll lose them in the long term. But great brands endure because they understand their their rightful place in your home or my home. And once you identify that and then you engage with that idea in a compelling manner in elegant storytelling and not selfish advertising, I think you have a, at least a chance to, to build an enduring brand. How, how important do you think research is you know, as you're trying to understand these equities? Or... Yeah, this is a controversial area. <laughs> I, and, and I say this because I have a love and hate relationship. And anybody who knows me knows this uh, at Kraft Foods and Oscar Mayer. And, and um, you know, my background is in research. I uh-huh. came out of the research field. I spent five years, six years in, in, uh, as a consumer researcher at uh, Miller Brewing Company. And then I was a, a planner at an agency for a while. So I have great respect for research. Uh, if done properly. The problem with research is usually that it's not the tools. Every tool has a limitation. Mm -hmm. But you need to understand the limitations of your tools. And research, where it breaks down, is the interpretation. Mm -hmm. So you have a great researcher. They know how to interpret and connect the information, tell the broader story, and not get lost in the one study or the other study. When research goes awry... It's used as a weapon to kill great ideas, you know, and and that's the fear. Uh, we all can afford, and we can all we're all great companies. We can all go out and buy research, and and if we're all using the same playbook, so to speak, right? Then what's the competitive advantage? We all sort of regress towards the mean, and that's the problem. You need to know when when to read the tea leaves, which is I think what research gives you. It sort of gives you sort of clues. How do you connect those clues, and how do you use it appropriately? But don't let it dictate and drive what you're doing. Use it appropriately as a tool to guide. Do you think there's any new methods or, or yeah. new takes on research? Yeah, what I'm most intrigued with right now is, you know, one of my, my concerns has always been the cognitive bias that you have with uh, self-report or, or survey data and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Um, you know, uh, questions like how persuasive was this advertising is to me a, a silly question. Um, I don't think people know why they're persuaded. So what I love is really the the some of the research companies that are sort of tapping into the latest neural science and sort of trying to figure out how you bring that and sort of how do you get 
at what's really going on subconsciously within consumers. So um, there are companies out there that do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the next sort of area to really sort of plumb for, for real insight. What do you see as the most important marketing trend or opportunity that's out there today? Well, I'll tell you which one concerns me the most. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an opportunity too, but it's, yeah. it's, it's whoever figures out and bridges, you know, there, there are two sort of schools out there right now. You'll hear a lot about big data and a lot of pundits of big data. And it is, you know, the, every article or every other article out there is about big data, mining big data and big data is important, mm -hmm. but there's also big brand. And how do you build, you know, the big brand ideas and big M sort of marketing or big idea marketing? Nobody's really talking about how those two intersect. Mm -hmm. uh, if you think about it, they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. Big data is talking about how do you drive down to a one-to-one -one relationship and find what's most important to the individual. Um, but it could come at the expense of what's the brand idea. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Big brand buildings about what's the universal truth and the human sort of condition and what's, what's the solve that we have that is a shortcut, right? That we can just sort of find the common ground, um, both culturally and from a consumer insight. So what are these big unifying ideas, you know, Coke is joy. And, and that's a big idea versus yeah. a, a small idea. My fear is that big data could drive us down to almost sort of a very sophisticated direct response model. Yeah. Um, and we could lose sight of, you know, the dream or the, 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 the bigger sort of uh, power behind what marketing really can be in building brands. So whoever, you know, you have to do both, but we have to find the intersection of the two. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't find a lot of people talking about that. I think it's a convenient sort of, um, well, there's a convenient lack of discussion around this area of like, well, what is marketing? You know, is it direct response or is it big brand building? We've seen a lot of organizations just swimming in their big data, not really knowing yeah. how to process it. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're trying to make a decision, right? Right. And um, I'm just curious, if you have any uh, thoughts on, you know, how do you, how do you make, Better decisions. Yeah, and, and as a packaged good company, yeah. you know, we're probably not on the, on the cutting edge of big data, right? Now, I, I've worked in insurance and I've worked in, in other areas where big data actually, you could see the application of it because there's an e commerce element to it. So you can see how you can customize information or get to inf uh, different sort of messaging points on a one to one basis. I, I think that's the, that's the big question. Um, big data has to do more than just identify that, you know, I'm a Packer fan and, oh, by this, I'll serve up a direct 
direct, you know, a sort of a, a, a display ad that has go Packers eat more bacon. I mean, that's not compelling in the least. Um, so we're we're working through it. I don't think we have the answer. We're you know we are definitely investing a lot of time and money and effort into big data. I think you know there are some some quick and easy low hanging fruit uh, areas that we can sort of get to but i don't know you know the full exploitation uh, the full use of big data is still a question for uh, how to, you know for us we're looking to others to to help us uh, to get there but um it's certainly a big investment for craft how's the how's the marketing organization evolving uh, and, and you know what do you see five maybe ten years out are there big changes coming yeah i think the the definitely more data savvy Mm -hmm. people right so we can't be afraid of data and big data um I, I think that there's that side. I think there's this voracious appetite for for content as we keep fragmenting media, as we keep you know always on media and social in the social space. We find that we have to do so much more. I'm doing three, four times as much uh, content creation I think than even four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to address that because you can't you can only do so much. And I think the 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 other uh, area is uh, that we'll struggle with a bit is you can't treat everything like a big production anymore. So how do you create relevant, high quality content on an ongoing basis that uh, doesn't break the budget, that still has an ROI. Um, And so we're looking at different ways to deal with that, whether it's bringing some things in-house, whether it is, you know, working with different uh, partners. Um, So there's that piece of it. So there's the data savviness, there's the content creation. um, And, uh, you know, uh, and so I think we're staffing up a bit for that. So as you think about working with partners, um, what makes a good partner or what are the things that you need to be cognizant of these days? I think as a, as a good partner, as a creative partner, you have to set the environment for your partners, for the agency to go out and do what they do best, which is swing for the fences, um, address the brief, but give them enough uh, latitude to really do what they do well, which is bring creative firepower. You know, too many people, I think, operate out of this sense of fear. Um, Ideas get marginalized quickly. Uh, We look at the industry and we try to follow the industry versus saying, you know, I'm I'm a brand that stands uh, head and shoulder, maybe above the industry. I'm not going to follow the conventions. And so be brave. Swing for the fences. It's just advertising. It's not like you're going to don't kill the brand. Don't be stupid. But. You know, advertising is meant to be consumed. Um, you need to engage. If it's not in the top 10%, it's probably not worth talking about anything else. It's not worth talking about the ROIs and the studies and because average is failure, in my opinion. So that, you know, swing for the fences, be brilliant, be brave. I'm going to use that. Average is failure. It's <laughs> awesome. Not at my annual review. My boss will, <laughs> will, will reconsider at that point. But Great thoughts. Yeah, thank you. So as you think about, you said ROI, um, it's a loaded concept. Yeah. But in, uh, along with that is marketing mix. Right? Yeah, and <laughs> my favorite topic. <laughs> so tell me, tell me um, you know, how, how, are you, how are you thinking about marketing mix? How is it shifting 
um, for you? How do you, where do you yeah. see it going? Yeah. Well, I, there, there, there is hope, right? We're, we're working on what we sort of, sort of, instead of point in time studies, we're mm-hmm. looking at longitudinal studies, multi, what we call like multi-touch attribution models, mm-hmm. where how do things interact over time, right? Versus just sort of, um, I pull this lever and I get this reaction in the, in the same week. Mm-hmm. So really the, the goal is, you know, follow one person or follow a number of individuals over three months or six months. And see what interactions they're really having. So how does TV work with digital? How does it work with print? How does it work over two, three, four weeks? That's the real, I think, uh, goal for us. And then we see that and we mu- we can match that, uh, those, those sort of behavioral sort of uh, interactions with creative and then match it to shopping cart information over time. Then now we have, I think, a better picture. Versus just the, the the simple regression models that we use in point in time that to measure ROI, and and that's been I think historically the issue for a lot of packaged good consumers because we're we know we're building loyalty, we know we're building repeat purchase, but we're not measuring it in our in most of our models. So I think that's important. You know, I think the other way to look at ROI is not just the marketing mix models, but it it is about do you command a price premium at retail. Um, what is the price elasticity curve of your product, a brand versus somebody else's, right? There are ways to value brands, but I, but in the day-to-day fray of things, sometimes those conversations get pushed to the side. So it is a real struggle, you know, um, as, a, as the, uh, the ad director, I'm, I tend to be a bully. I tend to fight and defend for what I believe in, and hopefully I can substantiate it with some of the data and information, but you also have to have, knowledge based on years of uh, mm-hmm. fighting the fight. Mm-hmm. So what do you see as, um, as the future of understanding how, how do, understanding that long-term, short-term dynamic? Uh, I think the future will be some of these, some of these uh, you know, single source inf- data, uh, mm-hmm. some, of, uh, some of the longitudinal studies I'm talking about, some of the, the multi-touch models that will sort of bear out that, hey, some of these things that we didn't see paying off before are paying out. Um, so I think, uh, it'll be that. I also think, you know, that great brands tend to just, there are, there's great marketing out there that always tends to rise to the top. If you really have great, great ideas and great big brand building ideas, they tend to not need a lot of explaining, right? It's uh, sales or the sales and the, and the correlation to the marketing are self-evident. Usually it's usually when you're in the gray areas that we had a lot of discussion about ROIs, but great marketing tends to sort of rise above that. So digital is a big topic and there's some people out there that have proposed that eventually we'll all be digital marketers, not brand marketers, but digital marketers as our primary focus. How do you feel about that I, hypothesis? I don't know if I know what that really means <laughs> um, because it, it might go back to, you know, what I was talking about. I think we, um, we can get lost in, this, in, 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 in that space. I think, it, you know, at the end of the day, what are brands? Brands are a, uh, a, an emotional promise about an expectation of an experience. Um, how do you build that? You know, is it going to be transaction based or is it going to be about sort of the promise of what a brand is? And so I think I think we always will be brand. There will be brand builders and there'll be transactionally based marketing. Um, the two will coexist. But I don't think the world of I think things will go digitally. I think it'll be uh, in service of building the brand. So I don't you know. I don't see the. Uh, I don't think I quite understand the the, the, the distinction. So stepping back from Oscar Mayer, 
um, bacon. Although again, it's really hard to step away from bacon. We have hot dogs and yeah. hot salami and all <laughs> sorts of. But if you if you take yourself all the way back, uh, if you were to do do it all over again, uh, what would you change? Yeah, would you go into marketing? Or would you do something else? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure. I still didn't get into medical school. No, I, I you know, honestly, I. I um, I, as a marketer, as a, as a person who loves what they do, I think I would have started my career sooner by uh, by going into the advertising side of things. I would have jumped into the ad agency world between undergrad and graduate school and, and done two, three years, four years. I think you get such a wonderful experience uh, that you don't get from the client side right away. And uh, th that's one thing I would have done. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to spend 12 years in the beer industry, which is a fast moving, high image sort of area, which is fascinating. And I think that really taught me a lot. So I would never change that. I love that. Um, and I would probably not say half the crap that I say, you know, I'd probably burn some bridges. And I'm very opinionated. And so maybe I'll change that piece. But other than that, no, I wouldn't do anything any differently. Yeah. Well, thank you so much and for sitting down with us and sharing Today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.